Pastor Ray Bentley on the Lord's plans for you. God loves you even more than your own selfish love you have for yourself. He loves you even more than that. And His plans are way better than the best day that you've ever had thinking how cool it would be if my life looked like this. If He could show you what He had in mind, you would drop that little flea of an idea that you thought was gonna make you happy. You just say, what was I holding on to? Spread news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When a rich person wants to be generous with you, that's not the time to argue with him. Well, our God has wealth beyond measure, and we often turn our backs on all he wants to give us so we can go our own way. We'll deal with the challenge of setting aside our will today as we examine the Lord's Prayer. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse one, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, They waited politely for him to be finished. (laughs) That one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. So they recognized that both John the Baptist had a dynamic prayer life. Jesus had an, an overwhelming prayer life. Teach us to pray. And so in verse two, he said to them, when you pray, say this. And he begins in that famous prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Jesus is giving us a model uh, prayer. In other words, what he did not want us to do is memorize it and then regurgitate it, recite it word by word without really thinking about it and think that by saying it alone that somehow something magical will happen. It's a model for prayer, or it's an order of prayer, or if you will, an outline of prayer. And so it's a starting point. You can say it in, you know, less than 30 seconds. And so the idea is to to go through these various things. He shows us where to begin with prayer. And so he begins with this phrase. When you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And notice Jesus did not say, my father. We're a very me-centered generation. What's in it? For me. (laughs) But when the Lord taught us to pray, even if you are praying alone in your little, you know, prayer closet or somewhere where you're by yourself, pray our father. Why? Because it connects you with the whole body of Christ. And I don't know if you are aware of this, but you have somewhere around right now about two and a half billion with a B brothers and sisters from every nation, from every language, from every color, from every kindred, from every tribe, from every dialogue, from every ethnicity. It, 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 there, you, if you ask, what does a Christian look like? A Christian looks like just about any place on the planet. And everywhere around the world, we have brothers and sisters, our father. So prayer always begins with relationship, our father. Do you realize how awesome this is that we get to call God Father? The most powerful thing you can do 
every time you're anxious, every time you're nervous, every time you're afraid, a thousand times a day, is go, Father, and he's immediately listening, and he's right there. So you can pray before you fill out a resume for a job. You can, you can pray uh, before you take a test. You can pray when you're going to do something that you're feeling a little nervous about. If all of a sudden something hits you wrong, something happens, uh, somebody says something or does something, or uh, you get, somebody you know, honks and, and yells at you because you did something you weren't even trying to do on the freeway and you're nervous, like, just pray. There are a thousand reasons just, and, and just reach out and grab his hand. And that's what he will do for you. So relationship is where you begin. Our Father, who art in heaven, is watching over us from heaven. And, uh, you know, by the way, being a relationship word, if you don't have a relationship with God, then here's how you begin. You, you just say, Lord, I need Jesus in my life and get saved. Amen. And that's where the relationship begins. He be, the beginning of the relationship is, I forgive you of every rotten thing you've ever done in your whole life. How cool is that? And it costs you nothing. I gave everything. I paid for you with my own blood. And so we, we accept Christ into our lives and the relationship begins. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing that, that our Father is concerned with is that we, that we honor his name. The word hallowed, as I put here, means to revere, to respect, or to honor the name of God. You all have names that you got from your parents, and usually from your father, and so the family name, you want to do good for the name. How much more? You carry the name of God is your father, and you want to honor your dad. God wants, your father wants to become for you, everything that you need, everything that you need is found in the name and the presence of your Father in heaven. How cool is that? What a great dad that we have. So hallowed be your name. Daddy, let me honor your name today. Let me glorify your name. Let me live in a way that others who see me, who know that I follow you, will say, wow, you truly serve a living God. And then the next phrase, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And truly the purpose of prayer is not to get your will done. The purpose of prayer is to accomplish God's will. So when I go into prayer, the first thing you want to learn and discern is, what is your will? Okay, the Father's will is being done in heaven. And guess what? That's why it's heaven. And the world, we live in a world in rebellion against God. That's why it stinks down here. People rebelling against God. And there's war and there's murder and there's rape and there's incest and there's, you know, all these evils that, that are going on because they're not doing the will of God. But through the believers and through those who call the name of the Lord, we are now the invasion of the creator of the universe. It's like a beachhead right here at Maranatha Chapel and the body of Christ, where now we are saying, thy will be done. We're going to live differently than the world. We're going to love one another and we're going to honor our Father in heaven. 
And, and therefore, let thy kingdom come in our lives, in our uh, relationships, in our homes, within our church. And so prayer is, a, is kind of a circle where you, you start by, instead of telling God all of your plans, you say, Father, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? What is your will? And if you don't know, he'll show you. And even until you understand, just say, Father, I, don't, I can't see always clearly your path, but I want your will to be done. Have you learned by experience that God's will is better than your own will for your life? As selfish as we can be, I think it'd be best if my life was like this. God loves you even more than your own selfish love you have for yourself. He loves you even more than that. And his plans are way better than the best day that you've ever had thinking how cool it would be if my life looked like this. God says, oh man, that is, you settled for that? You little pipsqueak. Look, I have far greater plans than that. In fact, if, if he could show you what he had in mind, you would drop that little flea of an idea that you thought was gonna make you happy. You just say, what was I holding on to? Father, and that's what you learn as you grow up in Christ. You, you learn to begin by saying, thy will be done. That's what I want. And uh, now, sir, the people are going to say, yeah, but what about all those prayers that say, uh, ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done for you, and uh, just pray and, and believe, and it shall be done for you, and, and so, but then they take that and turn that around so that their will can be done. You know, believe for, you know, cars and money and possessions and, you know, whatever their list of things is. Here's the problem with and how those scriptures are twisted. Those scriptures were not given to the general public. They were given to disciples. If you are a disciple, what does it mean to be a disciple? Jesus outlined it very clearly. Here's a disciple. And you, I want all of us, you're all disciples. And believer, great, that's you get saved. But once you're a believer, then you become a disciple. So we're all disciples. Here's what it means to be a disciple. Jesus said, if you would be my disciple, you must learn to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me daily. So being disciple is not about, now I get whatever I want if I ask in Jesus' name. No, now it's I deny myself. Because we're so immature, we don't know what's best. And God's got better plans. So deny it. Pick up your cross. Dead to the world. Dead to the things of the world. Dead to the flesh. Dead to self and soulishness. You know, where you're following after your personality and, and you know, sprinkling a little Christian on top of that. You know, you want to go deeper into the spirit. I am dead to those things. And now you are resurrected and alive to Christ and following him daily. So a disciple, you know, when he prays anything in Jesus' name, his prayer as a disciple is, Lord, I'm not asking for myself, for I am denying myself. I am praying, what is your will? I want to follow your exciting path and plan for my life. I'm not looking to be self-actualized, self-realized. Lord, to whatever degree that my old nature needs to be crucified with Christ, I want to experience the power of your resurrection. Amen? Do you want to experience the power of his resurrection? You can feel it. You can experience it even in this tent of flesh. We are in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is in us. It's awesome. So the old life, dead to that because I want to experience the risen, resurrected life of Christ. 
So when you pray, yes, ask in my name, pray in whatsoever you believe, that you shall receive, but now you're praying already, thy will be done. So God's desire for his kingdom is to bring the will of God sovereignly back to the earth, bring the world under his authority and the reign of this uh, world upon the shoulders of his son, Jesus Christ. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people. He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now he goes on to say, Our Father which art in heaven, Holy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So spend a moment on that. And then, I love this, right after that, the first request is, give us this day our daily bread. And I wanna just emphasize that for one second. This is amazing. Jesus tells us the first thing that we get to pray for ourselves is our material needs. I don't know why, but I run across people that say you should never pray for something like that for yourself. Uh, why? Jesus told us to. And by saying, give us this day our daily bread, he's talking about material needs. He didn't say, Lord, give us our daily dessert. <laughs> but he did say, and that's where some people take it, but give us our daily bread. If you need a job, that's your bread. The Lord, yes, you can pray for a job. Yes, you can say, Lord, lead me and guide me. Please, Lord, open the door. I'm gonna go knock. And here's what I have found. I pray, Lord, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna interview and I'm gonna put in a resume and I'm gonna do my very best and I'm gonna knock on that door and if you open the door, I'm walking through it. If the door is closed, I receive that as your will and I won't be offended because I will believe the reason you close that door is that the next door is even better than that. If he closes door number two, the reason he closed doors number one and two is because door number three is going to. And so you keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. And then finally, when you find favor from God, you go up to knock on the door and you go, whoa, where'd the door go? It swung wide open. Woo, man. And you walk in and all, they look at you like you're a human being and they like you. And they're like, oh man, you don't even need to finish the interview. We, we've been waiting for you. That's the Lord. Now, here's what, you know, some Christians, they knock on the door, God doesn't open it, and they go get a, you know, a grenade to blow it open. <laughs> then they go in, beat people up, get the job, get fired, and go, it didn't work. You know, I mean, don't strive. You don't need to strive. If you're striving, you're in the flesh. It's not of the spirit. Let it go. There's another use for perseverance. Perseverance is not about striving. 
Go with the flow, as they say, is literally a spiritual principle where the Lord leads by, you know, Paul said, we wanted to go to Asia, but the Lord closed the door. And you find out later how he closed the door. Paul got sick. He couldn't go. So God works in the natural as well as the supernatural. Give us this day our daily bread. If you need a pair of shoes, if you need groceries, pray and daily be dependent upon the Lord. Every day be dependent upon the Lord. And I think now in these more recent economic times, it's made us more daily dependent upon the Lord. And that's a good thing. Amen? Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then Jesus goes on and he says this, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Oh, what an important prayer. To daily just say, Lord, forgive me. If you're going to be good at anything as a Christian, be a good repenter. <laughs> be the first one to say, I was wrong. I blew it. I take responsibility. I'm sorry. It's so much work to always excuse and always defend yourself and always justify yourself and always argue. Well, it wasn't that bad or I didn't mean, you know, what? just say, you know what? I, I blew it. Sorry, please forgive me. And uh, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Jesus teaches us that we are forgiven as we forgive others. They are intimately tied. Forgiveness is one of the signs of being a Christian. It's a true conversion that has happened to you. And I also want to add that, that forgiveness is one of the most important things you and I can do for our mental health. The most powerful thing you can do for your own future and your own mental health is to have a spirit of forgiveness. Unforgiveness is toxic to the body. God literally, and this can be verified by science, God made the human body that it begins to create toxins. You poison yourself when you hold on to bitterness or unforgiveness. It's, it's, it's dumb. Uh, you know, bitterness, what do they say? Bitterness is the poison you keep taking, hoping it will kill somebody else. Have you heard that definition of, why, why, why am I going to take, you know, poison hoping it'll kill you, because bitterness is poison to you. How many are glad that God is gracious and forgiving? Yes. And that when he comes to judge you, he will be gracious and forgiving. So you're not those people's judge, nor are we God's judge. So let God judge. I don't need to judge them. God will judge them. And so I can forgive them. The Hebrew word for forgiveness is to untie a knot. How's that for a picture? If you have bitterness in your heart, guess where physically it is? Inside you all the time. It's your stomach is in a knot. All, and it never quite releases. It never quite relaxes. And when it's in a knot, that's when it starts making those toxins that are killing you. So now, how do you forgive? And people worry about, well, I don't feel like, you know, it has nothing to do with how you feel. You can struggle with forgiveness emotionally, but you make a choice by the will. Father, they hurt me, and I still feel that pain, and I remember, and, and so forth, but I choose by my will to release them from my judgment or my anger. 
Now, whatever else I'm left with emotionally, I come to my dad and say, Dad, I kind of messed me up a little bit. I'm hurting still inside. Now I'm dealing with Dad. Now my father blesses me. My father ministers to me and, and heals whatever scars that there may be. But it's not me directing it at the person because then, you know, it's like pointing a finger and three coming back at you. It's destructive. So let me ask tonight as we almost finish, we've got one more phrase. Is there someone tonight that you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive your dad, something from long ago? Do you need to forgive your mom? Do you need to forgive a brother? Do you need to forgive your sister? Do you need to forgive a spouse? Do you have a boss that was a jerk and did you wrong and you've held on to this deal? Forgive right now as an act of the will. Make a choice, release them. Be terrified of tying yourself in a knot that will kill you and eat away at you for years. You can bury it, but it's like that little pea under the mattress that, that just always will irritate. In the name of Jesus, release it and say, Father, to the best of my ability, I choose to forgive them. I untie the knot. They're in your hands now. You deal with them. I will not hold bitterness as a knife to my own throat or into my own heart. I forgive them. Is there a grudge you held against your last church or against your last pastor or elders? So many people get hurt within the body of Christ. Let it go. Forgive. Untie the knot in the name of Jesus. Amen? Last phrase, and we'll close with this. And do not lead us into temptation. Isn't that interesting? Right after talking about forgiveness or the lack thereof, he says, and do not lead us into temptation. You know what the enemy wants to do? He knows how to ruin a Christian's effectiveness. All right, so you made the choice to accept Christ and you're going to heaven. I will ruin the rest of your earthly life's witness by bitterness. There's a temptation. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There truly is evil in the world. How many of you believe in that? There really is a devil. He's not a figure for bad things. He is a literal person. There really are fallen angels called demons. There really is a spiritual battle going on. And there really is a daily need for us to pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. And the Lord loves you, and he'll give you guardian angels to watch over you and care for you and protect you and bless you and lead you and guide you. But man, if you just take a few moments and you work your way through that prayer, oh man, it's like a, having a spiritual shower inside. You just will feel clean and cleansed and all that forgiveness and healing and, and casting your cares on him, man, you'll, you'll breathe deeper and you'll be in the spirit. And then just go through the day praying and seeking him. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley urging us to seek the path of forgiveness. It's really the one with the least stress and the greatest reward. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Prayer is Like Air. 
If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.